0: Uh, heading Passover, which seems to fit into the theme of of my talk today, but also because we used to live in Sudbury five or six years, and I knew people from Congregation Bethel. Now, having heard the sermon for all ages, you've heard much of what I have to say today about my topic conversos and crypto-Jews. I'll just note that the story included Jacobo's Easter at his abuelitas, preceded by the Passover Seder at David's house. This year, Easter was four weeks ago, while Passover was just Friday. I've long known that Easter falls on the first Sunday after the first full moon, after the vernal equinox. That's calculated using the Gregorian calendar. If you've ever wondered how Easter can fall on a different Sunday for the Eastern Orthodox churches, it's because they use the Julian calendar. And the date of Passover, on the other hand, is based on the Jewish calendar which is a lunar calendar. But that's enough trivia. (laughs) In spite of all the complications, sometimes, as in the long-ago biblical telling and in Jacobo's story that's set in the present day, Passover Friday immediately precedes Easter Sunday. I first heard that there were... such people as Jacobo and his abuelita, a number of years ago. And it was mentioned just as an aside in an Amazing Arizona talk at the Burger Center. I thought, ah, that's interesting. But I wasn't sufficiently motivated to go out and do any research on the topic. But a few years after that, Lou and I traveled to southern Spain with the Grand Circle Tour Group, and I asked the director of that group what he knew about converted Jews who continued to follow Jewish customs and who immigrated to New Spain to avoid persecution for doing so. That seemed to be the first time he'd heard anything about that. If Jacobo and his abuelita are representative of today's descendants of conversos of the 15th century, how did they maintain any memory of their Jewish heritage while living in a community of practicing Catholics? There were many of these people. Perhaps some did keep the memory, while others may have forgotten, have somehow lost that memory over time. Hundreds of years passed, after all. So here comes the history lesson. Thinking of history from all my years of schooling, the first date that comes to mind is 1492. I'll bet it is for you, too. In 1492, Columbus sailed the ocean blue. That's American history. From sixth grade world history, there's another occurrence that is tied in my mind to that date. In 1492, the Moors were expelled from Spain. I can't even remember any mention that the Moors were Muslims and when I was in the sixth grade, I wouldn't have known anyway what they were, just that they were expelled. Uh, with no detail about that during the 700 years Spain was ruled by the Moors members of the three religions said to be descended from Abraham Judaism, Christianity and Islam lived together in what could be called relative harmony I'll deal here primarily with the relationship between the Christians and the Jews in Spain post 1492 when Ferdinand and Isabella united Aragon and Castile they wished as the story of Jacobo and Abuelita said to rule their united countries by one law and one religion the Moors were told they must leave or convert as far as I know they chose to leave but some may have chosen to convert And that, I'm sure, is a gross oversimplification of what occurred. Similarly, on March 31st, 1492, the rulers, Ferdinand and Isabella, decreed that all Jews living in their kingdoms must convert to Christianity or go into exile. Some estimate that about half chose to leave And many of these went to Portugal, where the same problem came up a few years later. About half converted. And they were called conversos, converts. They also came to be called new Christians and were not considered somehow to be as pure as the old Christians. Some may have converted voluntarily some under dire threats. This was the time of the Inquisition, by the way. And suspicions remained that some conversos were secretly maintaining Jewish practices following the dead law of Moses. Those in this category were known as crypto-Jews. There still exist records from the Inquisition of trials and punishments including in some cases the ultimate punishment of burning at the stake as well as many lesser punishments one prisoner of the inquisition was reported to have said they would have to go to the end of the earth to escape and she didn't make it there she died in prison but many others left over time, many crypto-Jews traveled as near to the end of the earth as they could find, and in those days, that turned out to be what we call northeastern New Mexico and southeastern Colorado, the end of the earth. <laughs> they came by way of old Mexico, then called new Spain. Spain. We all have heard of the conquistadors who came looking for gold and silver, but settlers followed, and what do you know, along came the Inquisition as well. Sometimes it was active, and sometimes it was quiet, but it came, nevertheless, still keeping records of punishments ranging from a slap on the wrist to exile and worse, so time passed and in the middle of the 19th century New Mexico was annexed by the United States February 2, 1848 in the Treaty of Guadalupe Hidalgo to be exact there's no test there was no longer a prohibition against practicing Judaism mostly people continued as they had been not eating pork, but continuing to go to church on Sunday. The Americans came in then, bringing Protestant denominations, uh, Presbyterians and Methodists, for example, and they made the Bible available to read, both the New and the Old Testament, which had been discouraged previously. Some believe that among the early convicts the Protestant uh, denominations, there were many crypto-Jews who welcomed access to the Old Testament. Perhaps you could call them reconversos, but that's just my speculation. More time passed, and the 20th century brought movies, radio, television. Small towns began fading away, We've seen that as we began moving to the big cities, scattered across the map, just like our own family, scattered across the map. Along the way, the memory of the Jewish heritage may also have faded. What if Hakobos grandmother had passed away suddenly before she could pass on the key? Her story would have been lost, and it happened to others perhaps just that way. Now, researchers are relying on DNA testing to determine the relationship between the Sephardic Jews from Spain and the Ashkenazic Jews from Germany and Eastern Europe. For the most part, this research is to identify the rare diseases they share. For example, there is one disease called Pemphigus vulgaris don't ask me what it is but it is found just once in a million people in the general population but more frequently among Jews 18 cases have been found in New Mexico what's the population of New Mexico? 18 million? I don't think so actually I looked it up and found it's closer to 2 million. Of these 18 cases, 13 were Hispanics. Here's what one of them recounted about his roots. This is taken straight from the book To the End of the Earth. Wherever did he get that title? (laughs) By Stanley Hordes, or Hordes, I'm not sure how it's pronounced, the State Historian of New Mexico. I think it might be a typical story, but I've spared you lots of genealogical data and reports on the Inquisition included in Hortus' book. I hope you appreciate that. (laughs) Gerald Gonzalez had speculated about possible Jewish family origins for several years before receiving positive confirmation from his elderly paternal aunts. Sorry about that. They passed on to him the story that the Gonzaleses had left Spain for Portugal many generations earlier to flee persecution and eventually migrated back to Spain and then across the Atlantic Ocean to New Spain or Mexico. And from there, eventually, to what we now call New Mexico, USA. It says so on their license tag. They recalled family stories relating that their ancestors had practiced the Jewish religion, although later generations became Catholics. Yet, in response to Gonzalez's question about when the family stopped practicing Judaism, one of his aunts replied, "I think that my dad, who was Gonzalez's grandfather, in his heart, there was a little part of him that was Jewish. Then there was father, father Bill Sanchez. Here I'm quoting from Abraham's Children by John Entine. <clears throat> father Bill." happened upon a public television special about the use of DNA to unlock medical secrets and map human history. The TV program fired memories of feeling different as a young boy. Looks like Jacobo. His family didn't eat pork. They lit candles every Friday night. The children played with a top called a pon isala, similar to a dreidel at Christmas time. Mirrors were covered in the home when a relative died there. All this made him curious enough to have his DNA tested. To his surprise, he was told he carried a rare genetic marker that suggested he could possibly be descended from Moses' brother Aaron <laughs> under the Jewish priestly tradition, well, he became a priest, uh, that dates to the time of the Exodus. Wow. This is a gene that has been passed down through the male line for 4,000 years on the Y chromosome. Even more amazing to me is the hypothesis that all the people living on the earth today have descended from a woman who lived in Africa more than 160,000 years ago. Of course, the scientists had to call this woman Eve. (laughs) More specifically, they called her the mitochondrial Eve. They also found an atom, who they called the Y-chromosomal atom, who dates back just as far. This means that all of us are related. So I'm left with a lot of questions and no answers in my mind. We have three major religions, Judaism, Christianity, and Islam, all all said to be descended from Abraham and each carrying a message with much that's good. Reverend Linda spoke about Islam two weeks ago. In spite of this, all of us descended from Abraham, we have fought through the centuries over which religion is the right one. And we're all sure ours is it. (laughs) Even within each of these faiths, we've not just argued, but at times fought over what is right. Is it orthodox or reform, Judaism? Is it Catholic or Protestant among the Christians? Is it Sunni or Shia among the uh, in, in Islam? I'm tempted to say, thank goodness I'm a UU, <laughs> but we're surely not free of all controversy either. <laughs> I'm inclined to wonder, along with Rodney King, who may not be among your heroes, but he said, "Why can't we all just get along? Why not <laughs> i I wonder too. more pertinent to this discussion are the words of a Palestinian researcher who worked with Israeli researchers at Tel Aviv University to locate the gene causing congenital deafness among members of both groups Palestinian and Israeli he spoke of the difficulty of traveling between Palestinian and Israeli areas of the fear he saw in the eyes of other passengers when he boarded an Israeli bus was he carrying a bomb they could see he was Palestinian He said, I hope we're seeing an end to this, but I don't know. Palestinians, Jews, we're just not that much different, and that's certainly true of our genetic makeup, which he was studying. We should be able to find a way to get along. Of course, we'll never agree on everything, Wouldn't life be dull if we did? But there's another quote. This from a rabbi who spoke to an assembly at my junior high school once upon a time during Brotherhood Week. He said, Let us agree to be disagreeable. Uh, Let us agree to disagree, I beg your pardon. Let us agree. (laughs) (coughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay. Let us agree to disagree without being disagreeable. <laughs> That's the quote. <laughs> I've used it uh, when I've been moderating forums for the League of Women Voters and AARP. It's a thought that would be well for all of us to keep in mind during the political season. As Tricia and I were talking at, at the, before, the, before the, we began here... Um, Dear friends of ours differ with us on on some issues and on some candidates, uh, but we don't question their motives. Um, We know them and and know their good intentions. However, on the quote, I have suspected that the quote was not original with the rabbi, and preparing for this I went to Wikipedia (laughs) for a more authoritative citation. Wikipedia said that John Wesley is believed to be the first to put the phrase into print and when he put it in print, he enclosed it in quotation marks and credited it to his friend, George Whitefield. There's another quote that Reverend Linda brought to my attention. We need not think alike to love alike. This one has been attributed to Ferenc David, who founded the Unitarian Church in Transylvania. It turns out, however, that a more likely attribution is John Wesley again. (laughs) This is according to an article in the UU World back in 2012 by Peter Hughes. He says that we adopted the quote because it encapsulates what we believe today and gives an uncomplicated way to think of the partnership between Unitarians and Universalists. Clearly, we still have work to do on how we relate to others within this congregation, among the Protestant denominations, between Protestants and Catholics, and Jews, and Muslims in this country, and Buddhist and Hindu, I don't know what else, <laughs> but there are others. Among the many and varied faces of this earth and between those of faith and agnostics and atheists. There was a lively exchange of letters to the editor on that subject in the Herald sometime back, each feeling he had the right of it. It is obvious, as I said before, that we can never agree on everything we can't we can't even manage that in our own families but let us agree to disagree without being disagreeable but remembering that we're all related can we learn from the past you know the hymn that says let there be peace on earth and let it begin with me singing that we have no expectation that we can wave a wa- magic wand and find peace on earth. Rather, it begins with our own small actions each day. Perhaps some of those small actions could include our own attempts at understanding our differences. I've said I come to you with no answers, only questions. May those questions give you something to think about.